listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. You made squeezing nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. And add us on Facebook and Instagram at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Uh, <laughs> I was not expecting that. That is not like how we rehearsed it. Okay. That's okay. Let the people hear. As you can tell, we are very excited for episode three. I hope that you've enjoyed what we've said so far. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit more meaty, I guess. It's going to have some more information with it. We're going to be going over scope of practice between registered dietitians, degreed nutritionists, and then kind of all the other stuff. And I would say the other stuff is like a huge category and we definitely won't be able to talk about all of it today because there is a lot of other stuff out there. We definitely want to hit on like the top three again, which are registered dietitian, degreed nutritionist, and then like health coach type arena stuff. So Miss RD, do you want to start it off? Yes, yes. So um, for registered dietitians, uh, what they usually require is a minimum of a bachelor's degree program that's approved by the Credit Council for Education and Nutrition and Dietetics, aka Ascend. Keep in mind that not all colleges actually are accredited. So if you want to do nutrition and it's not with the college that's accredited, then you can't really put that towards being a registered dietitian. And then... Uh, the complete a pre-professional experience approved by Ascend. So what that means basically is like an internship. You complete the internship after you complete the bachelor's degree. Um, it can be anywhere between six months to two years, depending on what type of program you're in. My program only took a year because mine was combined with the master's. But a friend of mine completed her internship in six months. So that's different. Um, and then after you finish the internship, you go on to take the, the dreaded RD exam, which I hope I never have to take again because I was shaking, <laughs> I was shaking the entire time. Yeah, uh, I don't know anyone who like says they didn't have a panic attack like either during their internship or during the exam. Dude, half of my internship class didn't pass the first time. Are you serious? that was not me no I think it's also valuable to mention that these dietetic internships usually cost a good amount of money a lot of money um I mean some dietetic internships like VA dependent or actually do pay you stipend Mm -hmm. after a certain amount of time but the one that I went to was certainly not Mm-hmm. Um, it's doing a university, which I guess is good because you can apply for FAFSA and then have some credit. Right, that. right. But it's, I feel like it was very confusing for me to explain to like friends and family, like, no, to become an RD, you have to do an internship. You don't get paid, you pay them. And they're like, wait, internship, internships pay you. It, it was just, it's kind of complicated. If you're starting out the process, it can be very confusing. Kind of makes you wonder where the money goes. <laughs> right. It goes towards all the free food you get. <laughs> I, 
didn't get that much free food at all. <laughs> my diet was eggs, refried beans. Oh man. Some old, some other nonsense. That yeah. Dietitians uh, on a diet. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, funny story. I'm actually heavier now than before. Anyways, <laughs> the song for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but after you do pass a registered or the dietetic registration exam, um, even after you become a dietitian, that's not where the road ends. Um, you do have to continue something called professional education requirements. So every five years, you're supposed to have 75 continuing education. Um, I think. I know it's a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or if you're like me, like on top of the re- continuing education you have to put towards your registration, if you're like me and you live in a state where they require licensure, it, um, you do go into the state board of examine, examiners of dietitians. It's some sort of, I forgot the name of the exam, but you do take yeah, it. Can we touch on that for a second too, that there's like registered dietitians and then licensed dietitians? Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel, I think California may be the only state that doesn't require licensure. Which, which I don't think we even have a license. No, no, no there isn't. I think they're still right. trying to advocate for a license. Right. Um, that way we can be another step ahead of having our titles protected Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. But California doesn't have that. Like, I guess you need, you need a license because state-to-state laws are different. I mean, right. what, what I can do here in Texas at my dialysis center is a little bit different in mm-hmm. like Louisiana because right. um, there's certain orders that we can take, certain orders that we can't do. It really mm-hmm. depends state to state. And California, I'm well. I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, but. and from what I've kind of heard from other people um, who are maybe dietitians or maybe just degreed nutritionists or even just, you know, they own their own type business. California is one of the most lenient states when it comes to like lawsuits against people giving nutrition advice. From what I've heard, Colorado is one of the more strict. Um, Thank God we need to go there. Yeah. Colorado is, is more strict. Um, They're, they're actually very strict on, I believe if you like you're a personal trainer and you're giving any nutrition advice, like it is really bad. Like you cannot write a meal plan, like not even one in line with USDA. If you're not um, registered, the only thing you can like mildly talk about is okay. Potatoes are a carbohydrate and chicken is mostly a protein, you know, kind of very basic like that. But I do believe Colorado is one of the more strict states and California is one of the more lenient states. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm in Texas, so I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> I don't know. And it's probably highly different in other countries too, because I'm sure right. some of our listeners, um, especially those that follow me on Dietetics Anonymous, mm-hmm. I hear people from like Ireland on there. 
and some right. other countries. Or um, I had a couple from South America message That's me. That's cool. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least in the United States, that's where it happens. I mean, in order for me to work at a dialysis center in Texas, I had to get my license. So that has to be renewed every two years. Um, mm-hmm. So I take I take the exam, which is super easy, but I do, <laughs> but I do have to do 12 continuing education credits, right? Yes, which can be accredited towards um, my registration. Okay. So, yeah, um, and there are also something called board certified specialists, which I'll get into later. Okay. Um, that's this. That's if you want to take a step beyond just a registered dietitian. Like if you want to be board certified in sports or in mm-hmm. weight maintenance or law, mm-hmm. um, that's that's it's more like specialty, life. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and again, this this whole registered dietitian thing is um, is done through um, the Accreditation Council for Education and Nutrition Dietetics. That's like the biggest overlooker of all, not just for registered dietitians, but for DTRs, which are actually also referred to as dietetic technicians, comma, registered. (laughs) Um, I have a little spiel on that. Um, That's something that you can do like if you want to be in the nutrition field, but you don't want to take that dark and long path to become an RD. <laughs> that's why I drink whiskey on my, yes, that's my go-to drink. Anyways, continue. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Um, I think it's also good to add, you did mention in the beginning that you need to go to a university that, what was the verbiage you used? Like a university that prepares you to become an RD? It's accredited. Like it's accredited. Okay. It's approved by assent. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's also important to know that some universities, uh, San Diego State was one of them. Um, there's additional classes that you need to take to even be considered for a dietetic internship. Right. I chose not to take those classes because I was already behind from graduating, so I didn't even dapple in those. Wait, so, real quick on that, that when I went to college, I guess when when I took those extra classes, I guess they technically considered me in the didactics program in the college. Right. If I, if I took those extra classes for the internship. Right. You did have to get... Um, you did have to take those credits, and I think it was maybe like, what was it, six extra classes? Six extra classes, and yeah, you had to a maintain, few labs. Yeah, and you had to maintain um, some GPA, I forgot. Right, right. Um, so, so I think that's important to know, too, if you're maybe just beginning this journey, really stay in contact with your university on what classes like you need to take and like actually planning out your academic career because that was something I failed to do my first two years and it made me really not want to take those classes when the time came I was just like nope I want to be done we're moving on with this (laughs) Um, so so that's kind of where I was um and yeah just just be in contact kind of know what you want to do I didn't even mention what you can do as a dietitian. 
Oh, yeah. Tell us what you can do as a dietitian and kind of like scope of practice, I guess. Um, you can do so many things. <laughs> but usually the biggest go-to after becoming a dietitian is go work at a hospital, which in my internship, I've rotated throughout three hospitals, two of which the dietitians are very lazy, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't deal with it. I was like, they literally gave me the work to to me. Maybe, I don't know if it's just like this area mm-hmm. or what. But anyways, you do go into some sort of clinical route to begin with. And you don't, like, for me to take on this dialysis job mm-hmm. um, is unheard of and technically not really illegal. I'll touch upon that la- later. <laughs> but... <laughs> But in rural rural areas, when they need a dietitian, I was here, and they took me upon. Um, you can go in dialysis, you can go in community, you can go in corporate wellness, or I had just a whole variety of things. Um, I, you can work at it um, for child nutrition services. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm sure there are more jobs. That yeah, come- there's there's a lot. So how about you touch on like scope of practice for dietitians? What do you mean? Like, what are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to say? What's the line? And do you cross it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Can dietitians give physical activity and exercise guidelines. no no uh, well uh, the guidelines we can we can say the guidelines i'm mm-hmm. gonna say the guidelines mm-hmm. uh, and like the academy or a son states like the general exercise uh that requirements per day this is how many minutes mm-hmm. i can say that mm-hmm. but if it goes beyond that like an exercise program mm-hmm. or um just anything else or anything physical therapy related, occupational therapy or any mm-hmm. rehab, I'm like, uh, this is not me. I'm going to refer it to somebody else. Or right. if it, like, I feel a little bit weird just dabbling into pharmacy <laughs> of which I'm doing now. Right. Uh, so if it ever crosses a line of not being food related and becomes more, uh, everything else I kind of just refer it to everybody else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not my place and I don't think I'd appreciate no one would appreciate me going in no one would appreciate me being a doctor right like, and I think it's also like valuable to add that dietitians they primarily probably work with someone who already has like a pre-existing condition of some sort Mm-hmm. Like if you're working in the hospital, their their life literally depends on your ability to get their nutrition right. So you don't want to be messing with something you don't know about. Yeah. I mean, not to say that dietitians can't really, um, they only mess with sick people. To, right, to say, right. Because they can also deal with health metabolically healthy people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of them have their own online business private practice right. and then help the general public yeah but, that's a big thing right now yeah but the line gets blurred when other people try to do the same even though they're not dietitians and i'm just like what the right are you doing? right it's it's a very fuzzy fuzzy line especially when it comes to like 
social media and uh, things like that. Anyway, back to degree nutritionist. Yeah, so degree nutritionist, um, earlier you mentioned kind of, well, a degree nutritionist is basically, there's no official, you, you're a degree nutritionist if you have your degree in like X, Y, and Z. Like there's no one that certifies degree nutritionist. Like it's just kind of a term that anyone who went to school and got their bachelor's degree in something nutrition related kind of calls themselves. So at San Diego State, our bachelor's program was called Foods and Nutrition. Um, Other universities around the area, their bachelor's program was called Dietetics. So those are both kind of nutrition related fields. So therefore, anyone who graduates from there would pretty confidently be able to call themselves a degree nutritionist. And as we already mentioned before, kind of places that dietitians work, Degreed nutritionists can work in these areas as well, but they're usually working under the supervision of the dietitian. Um, really common places for this, especially here in San Diego, is WIC, which is Women, Infants, and Children. They are always hiring degreed nutritionists um, for their different clinics. And when it comes to being a degreed nutritionist, there's usually a really heavy load of training in the beginning because whatever place you're working for, you need to kind of become certified through them and they need to be confident that you can teach someone based off of their guidelines. So I know WIC, they put their degree nutritionist through like a three month training before they even get to talk to anybody. Um, Another big one around here is like YMCA they hire a lot of degree nutritionists as well. But again, you get taught the Wait, YMCA. I didn't know that. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. You do more than just swim over there, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Um, so YMCA hires degree nutritionists. But again, you have to go through the YMCA's training program. You take their little exam and then you can give YMCA's nutrition guidelines to YMCA clients. You're very constrained to what you can say and what you can teach someone. Um, And in these roles, degree nutritionists typically do like general measurements, um, anthropometric measurements with clients. They might do dietary assessments, um, nutritional risk assessments, and they do a lot of just documentation. Uh, So what I like to call this is the degree nutritionist kind of does the dirty work without calling any of the shots. The RD is the one who calls the shots. (laughs) See, I feel like I do all the dirty work all the time. Like I'm doing at your job, (laughs) but like I try all the time. I make freaking bolt boards. Well, maybe you need to hire a degree nutritionist. No, (laughs) I mean, maybe I can take on an intern and I'll make, I'll make them do it. Right. So that's basically kind of where, unfortunately, it kind of ends for degree nutritionists. So if you really want to be the expert in the field, you do need to be a registered dietitian. And just because you have your degree in nutrition, that does not mean you are legally able to write diets and meal plans for people. That is still not allowed. It happens all the time, but technically it's not allowed. Oh, another thing I wanted to make a note of that you made me realize is 
I forgot the year, but pretty soon dietitians are going to be required to have a master's. I kind of jumped the gun and yeah, um, I was like, I'm going to do master's. And then yeah, it just ho- so happens like as I was going into it or looking for an internship, that information mm-hmm. came out and I'd rather not be grandfathered in. So I just got my master's. So the year that's being thrown around is 2020. I'm not 100%. We might need to check up on this. I'm not sure if it's getting passed, like the law or the amendment is getting passed in 2020 and if there's just talk of it now or if it actually goes into effect in 2020. I'm not 100% sure. Right. Let me look that up. Okay. You look that up and I'm going to continue on um, degreed nutritionist. Uh, so if you are a... 2024. 2024? 2024. Wow. Yeah. A, it's, oh man. Yeah, that's what it's showing me as. January 1st, 2024. Um, yeah, that's when the mandate is going to take into effect. Okay. That's so, a long ass time. Yeah, that's still a few years down the road. So anyone listening, if... If you want to be an RD, know that by 2024, you'll need to have your master's too. Yeah. (laughs) Which right now, um, I highly suggest if you don't want to be an RD for whatever reason, if you do want to be in the nutrition field, get your master's. I mean, get it in public health, get it in nutrition, get it in kinesiology. I don't know, but get your master's in something because as just a degree nutritionist with your bachelor's, it's kind of rough out there. Yeah. I mean, I, speaking of which, you don't need to get a master's degree in just nutrition too. I no. mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like I applied for UCLA, screw you at UCLA, but <laughs> um, I really wanted to go because the main reason was for the master's in public health. And that's oh. what we want to do. Or you could, or San Diego State offers a dual right. program in exercise physiology and nutritional science, I guess. Right, right. So there are options out there. But again, if, if you don't want to be an RD for whatever reason, get your master's because otherwise you're going to be there's not a lot of jobs out there and the ones that are they don't pay extremely well (laughs) like to have your bachelor's degree and get paid like under 20 bucks an hour is not very exciting um so definitely get your master's get some extra education if you don't want to go the rd route or you could just be an instagram (laughs) hoe right (laughs) that's always an option an example of a job in the like nutrition and dietetics field that doesn't require you to be an RD is like the RD mentioned before a diet tech it's abbreviated as DTR and you actually don't need to have your bachelor's at all to do this job you just need to have your associate's degree Um, and basically you just have your associate's degree you study for the exam you take the exam and you're a DTR and you are basically assisting the dietitian in the the real down and dirty work, like <laughs> helping prepare the food. Like just, they they usually work at hospital settings, right? College, yeah. 
but I'm going to be honest, I don't know too much about DTRs since I don't really work at a hospital. We will have a link on our website to um, the DTR website of where you can actually see what they do. Um, but according to glassdoor.com, the average salary is like 26000 per year and an average of $12.52 per hour. Um, and for not needing a degree, I mean... That's still not great, especially if you're in California, but that is an option. I mean, maybe if you're out there and you want to see what dietitians do in the hospital and just get some experience doing that, yeah, don't recommend it as a career. <laughs> no, um, you can do it as a passerby job until yes, whatever else. I mean, one of my uh, friend's coworker was a DTR until she got recently accepted into an internship. Right, right. Basically, she worked, saved up money, and now she's in an internship. And right. And getting a master's, same thing as me. It's one of those jobs that you get really good experience in if you do want to become an RD. And it does look good on a resume because you're up there in the front line, you know, dealing with patients, dealing with the dietitian and... But as a, a career, I don't know. I mean, you can you can make that call for yourself, but <laughs> don't 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 That's count on it. <laughs> if, if if you strive to be a DTR, that's why that, that's why it just goes downhill. I don't know. <laughs> Not what I'm trying to say, but yeah, you're gonna I'm end up in a trailer with with five kids. <laughs> what I'm trying to say two hundred dollars in food stamps. <laughs> oh man yeah dtr life we should not be we should not be making those kind of claims that's rude we apologize if we offended anybody dtr down to receive food stamps (laughs) that was mean sorry You're lucky you're anonymous. <laughs> yeah. This is why she remains anonymous, everybody, because of remarks like that. And plus, like, I feel like they'd be surprised to see somebody like me with a voice like me. Because I feel, I don't I know, like, I feel like uh, I li- we listen back on our podcast, and I'm like, do I-, I just sound like I'm not mentally all there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to another popular topic of like personal trainers giving nutrition advice and again the line is very very blurry technically personal trainers like just personal trainers should not be giving like any nutrition advice the only thing they can say to their clients is I do this that's it they like I eat oatmeal for breakfast I eat chicken (laughs) for my protein. Like, that's what they can say. They can't say, you should do this. They can't do that. But they do. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. All they can say is, I take a multivitamin supplement. I take BCAAs while I work out. I take this pre-workout. But they can't give necessarily advice to someone else. Um... Again, a very blurry line because 
you know, personal trainers and, or fitness, like working out and nutrition do go hand in hand. So I'm sure personal trainers get bombarded with a lot of nutrition questions and I can only hope that they want the best for their clients and they're trying to give solid advice, but that isn't always the case, especially with social media when everyone's out for money. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, I was going to say, um, I know a personal trainer at my gym and I'm actually good friends with him and his girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, at least like good gym buddies I don't know yeah good but enough he, he knows better than to give nutrition advice and I was like have you been giving, giving nutrition advice he's like no mm-hmm. I was like I try to refer to you I was like okay yeah so. yeah it's it's tough you know I feel like some personal trainers know But I also feel like social media just has, like, such a strong influence on. Yeah. And I will say another thing is that a lot of personal traders um, are certified. Like, I don't know if you notice the big difference Mm -hmm. between just going through a certification to become a personal trainer and actually going to college and getting a specialization mm-hmm. in personal training because I, yeah. San Diego State offers personal training as a specialized field. Yeah, then- I, I can talk about that because I went through the um, program at Southwestern. Not quite as good as the San Diego State one, but there is a difference. Um, so, like like we said, personal trainers should not be giving any real nutrition advice, but these like personal training, um, what are they called? Like associations. Mm -hmm. They've created new programs for their personal trainers. A good example is ACE came out with something that's called the ACE Fitness Nutrition Specialist Program. So it's an extension of what a ACE certified personal trainer can get on top of like their regular personal training certification. Um, again, we'll link on our website, the link to this ACE thing. So you can kind of read about it more, but some big points on it are someone who's certified through this, they, they still can't write meal plans and their nutrition is emphasized on my plate and super tracker. So the guidelines that these people are given are in line with like USDA guidelines. Um, they're still not allowed to like write meal plans and things of that nature. They're basically just taught how to properly use evidence-based resources like Super Tracker and MyPlate. Keto coffee. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, I'm. That's that's a time for another time. Yeah, yeah. Know. We'll we'll do a whole episode on keto. Oh no. Um. So. Uh. Personal trainers by themselves, like, should not be giving nutrition advice, but then the line gets even more blurred because some personal trainers might have an extra specialty certification that allows them to talk a little bit about nutrition. I think ACE even has, like, a weight management certification as well, or a special populate. Like, there's different certifications. There's also sports nutrition. or Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And there's even... There's sports nutrition and then there's nutrition and fitness. And I'm like, that's the same thing, but no, what? what? Right. What exactly? So very, very blurred lines between who can do what. Um, 
And when it comes to personal trainers, technically, technically, they don't ever have to step foot in a classroom to become a personal trainer. So keep that in mind when you see it on someone's like Instagram bio, personal trainer, because they never had to like be in a classroom. If you wanted to become a personal trainer, all you would have to do is like pick your association that you want to be certified through. There are a ton out there. Um, the most common ones in, in my mind are ACE and ACSM. NASM is a big one too. Um, you basically go online, you can register for the exam, buy the book, the book comes to you, you study, you go to the testing facility, you pass with a 70%, at least for ACE, because you are minimally qualified to give personal training and you're a personal trainer. Yeah. That's and, how most of it works. And on that note, I do want to lead something that that Apollo sent to me on Dietetics Anonymous. And apparently uh-huh. um, it's by this Facebook post um, by a company named Get Right with Cartwright, comma, hmm. LLC. And I think it's a personal training company from what I saw looking at their page. Mm-hmm. And they had this post on, she sent me a post, which since then has been deleted, but... Oh. <laughs> It was deleted because of all the attack that it got. Controversy? Hmm? Controversy? I mean, we might post this on the website, too. (laughs) But um, it says, so basically it starts off with three girls going, I don't know, Um, the emoji. And then it says, what's the issue with getting dietary information from dietitians and nutritionists? Mm -hmm. Well, Depends on which diet protocols they practice, but for most, not all, in the hospital or academic setting is delivering outdated mainstream information that is fueled by the agendas of pharmaceutical, medical device companies, and funded by big food like Coca-Cola, General Mills, Nabisco, and Kraft. Every year, millions are spent by pharmaceutical and big food companies in training and conferences for dietitians and nutritionists. They are the means by which big food companies deliver their message. And the food and the foods made by these companies can have toxic effects on the suspect on the unsuspecting patient. You can get reliable nutrition information, but it's likely not going to come from dietitians and nutritionists. My custom meal plans, if consistently followed, can help you eliminate many of your meta medical conditions. You can control your diabetes acne, migraines, significantly reduce or eliminate your risk for developing heart disease, reduce plaque buildup, control your triglycerides, high blood pressure, and help you lose significant amounts of body fat, 10 pounds per month, with or without the addition of exercise. The difference between my practice and the practice of others is my passion for the field. (laughs) My passion, oh. Yeah, we need to post this on on the website. I am continuing my education every day, watching documentaries, reading books, because all books are reliable. Fantastic source of information. Research articles, fitness magazines, fitness magazines are some bullshit, consulting (laughs) with other, uh, consulting with other professionals to bring you the most updated, reliable information. What professionals? What? I mean, he like shits on all the dietitians and nutritionists and say, my meal plans will basically help cure your diabetes. 
and go your acne at the same time (laughs) (laughs) you can't just cure diabetes once now you have once you have the diagnosed with diabetes you can manage it you can't yeah yeah you can't reverse it that's like i doubt this guy can can help a chronic kidney disease patient i mean right right once the damage is done I mean, some diabetes cases you can, I don't want to say fix, but like you can get rid of it, but right. The kidneys, no. Once those are gone, those are gone. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, let's, can we post that on the, on the website? Yeah. Uh, Okay. We'll post this on the website Mm -hmm. and you guys just take a look at it let us know how you feel thoughts concerns and we also have our own facebook page so we can post it on there too oh man that's a lot of social media social media (laughs) okay i'll let you deal with that but yeah just send Uh, me the link and i'll take care of it okay all right (laughs) sorry guys that was my boyfriend (laughs) yelling at the computer so so just disclaimer we're not like expert podcasts so from time to time you might hear the Artie's boyfriend yelling (laughs) and you might hear my dog just just, yeah maybe my boyfriend too yelling like at the dog out of excitement not out of like anger or anything but yeah, well, I guess this episode has been has gone on long enough. Yeah, so. I I hope that this helps you understand maybe some of the differences and some of the frustrations that like dietitians feel. And yeah, don't cross the line. Don't cross the line. Because you that's know a good I'm, episode title. Don't cross the line. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Johnny Cash comes to, into mind or no mind, I'm not gonna say. Never mind. Okay. Like walk, walk the, the line. line. <laughs> <laughs> I I can see that. Okay. Well you are drinking whiskey. Did he drink whiskey? I don't know. I feel like he would He looks though. like he would. Yeah. Okay. Don't cross the line. That's our episode title. AKA Johnny Cash. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Not not see them. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. Your main squeeze of nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. Also, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. Five stars, no less. On whatever platform you're listening to, or send us an email at keepingitjuicypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any topics you'd like for us to touch upon, shoot us an email. Until next time, don't do anything that I wouldn't do.